Career pivots are not easy. Entering back into work after timeout is not easy. Coming back after COVID and all the changes to our career and working life is not easy. But the good news is we have people who can help us with those changes. And what's really wonderful is to have people who are offering that help, who have a little bit of experience, life experience in those areas. So enter Kelly and Susan who run Prepare to Launch You. And they both, between them, I love it. I think they have eight children all together between them. Um, they had to take their own career breaks and work their way back and figure out um, how they were going to make it all work for them. And now they are helping other women to figure out how to make a career comeback or a career pivot. And what I like about them is they're kind of, you know, pulling together all the knowledge that they have into one place. A lot of times people at Covey ask me like, where do I even start? Like you start Googling career pivots. I mean, how many different um, things are gonna come up and you don't know what to read and what's good and what's not. So I think it's a good place to start for some people. Certainly um, if you're coming back from being out of the workforce for a while, um, a good place to start. Um, but what I love is that they're going to kind of pump you up to get you back into the workforce in any way that you can. They have a lot that is uh, courses that you can take on your own schedule, with the, which I think is important for anybody. And they also do then the live coaching as part of it. So um, without further ado, I will introduce you to the two people who put together this brainchild called Prepare to Launch You. And it's Kelly Biskupiak and Susan Rotano davy Here they are. So welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having Thank us. For having us. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about if each one of you can talk about your personal reinvention just quickly so people understand that you come from different backgrounds and different ways of looking at the world mm -hmm. um, and then we will talk about uh, prepare to launch you as your project together sure so um, Kelly so you want to start yep sure, sure. Okay, so um, I actually began my career in education I worked in many different facets in education. I worked in teaching, I worked in administration, and I ultimately ended up in educational consulting. Um, and I did a ton of curriculum and curriculum writing work. And I loved what I did, um, but I got to this place and this space in my life when I was pregnant with my third child and I was waddling around Harlem. And my husband had just called me because the plumber was our sink was stocked up and he didn't know the plumber's number and the nanny was late um, where I decided to opt out and stay home with my children. And, um, you know, I didn't realize at the time um, when I made that choice and it was a choice and I know I'm fortunate to have that choice that it was really going to have such a really strong impact on me and there was going to be a sense of loss and I was going to be lost. Um, and I spent years um, thinking I'm just going to go 
all in on the momhood thing and I made the cupcakes and I did the parties and I went down that whole vein with my very type A personality and high achieving personality. And um, I really found it not so fulfilling. And so I geared myself back um, and had some real, I had sort of that come to Jesus moment with myself where I needed to start asking myself those big questions about who are you sister and where do you want your life to go? And, um, and I dug in and I did the work because it is work. And we see that with the women that we work with. Um, I did the work and I ultimately ended up um, gearing myself in a direction um, that sort of married the world of education and coaching. And um, ultimately, when Susan and I came together, um, I was so excited because we were designing this course and we were designing work for women to help them navigate that path back to, um, to a career that feels fulfilling and a life that feels fulfilling to them. And um, I got to, in a very non-traditional way, use my education, use um, my you know, love of, and passion around education in um, a very non-traditional sense in developing an online learning company. So um, for me, it was the work. I had to do the work myself. I had to ask myself some really tough questions and, um, and really being brave enough to make a choice that was, you know, to some people, it didn't even seem, you know, like it made sense what I was doing at the time. Um, it makes full sense now, but it didn't at the time. And just as a side note, I'm kind of reinventing myself right now because we have, um, I have a 16 year old, a 14 year old, a 12 year old, and um, we had a baby this year in the midst of a pandemic. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I am reinventing myself as a later in life mom. And let me tell you something, it is so much sweeter doing it this at this juncture in my life, you know, just where I am and who I am at this point in my life. Um, it's been uh, a real silver lining in this pandemic. So, so you so had a baby during the pandemic too? We, well, well, right, right before the pandemic hit. So I had him in, um, like end of December, very end of December, early, early oh in the new year. Goodness. And, okay. um, yeah, it's been an, it's been an interesting, let me tell you something. My, my whole, my family is coming fully trained to the world on how to bottle feed diaper change. I've got them fully working right yeah, now. You've got my, some future wives that are going to be really appreciative of that. That's <laughs> yes, sure. Definitely. The spouses are going to thank me someday. Let me tell you. You're breeding so. the next group of young men. That's fantastic. I am. I am. I am. <laughs> Before we go on, can I just ask you, when you say you did the work, do you mean yeah. you did psychotherapy or what are you talking about? So I did a combination. I actually, um, you know, I started with just exploring ideas that felt crazy, you know, that felt outside the norm that, you know, I was going to leave education, something that I was really good at. I was well known. People who I worked with, my colleagues were like, what are you doing? You know, you do this so well. Um, and, um, and so I, I ultimately hired a coach myself and really dug in with her and asked these really big questions. Um, I did some leadership training. Um, I did some, um, some 
my coaching program itself is very rigorous and very intense and you have to do the work yourself in order to be able to know how to do this with other people. And so, um, so yeah, I was, I was working with support around me um, because you don't, you know, it's, it's hard to just sit around and ask yourself these questions. You need to have a strong support system around you that can help and guide you to be able to ask these big questions and hold you accountable when, you know, maybe you're falling off the path or you're defaulting to old behaviors that kept you from that fulfilled life. Because here's, here's what I've learned, Leslie, in working with so many people over the years now. I don't think that we are chasing happiness. I think we're chasing fulfillment. I think that's what we're looking for. And so to build a fulfilling life, you really do have to build a world in which you live that creates that fulfilling life. And it's not all sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns. It's asking the hard questions. It's having people that you trust that have earned the right to give you the feedback that you need um, and, uh, and hold you accountable to go after those scary things that may feel outside the norm, that feel outside of what I call the good girl arena. Well acquainted with the good girl arena. Oh my God. <laughs> how many, how many of those times? I think I was the one that got slayed while I was the good girl all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have, I once had a mentor say to me, you have to dig deep and find your inner bad girl. And I was like, <laughs> how do I do that? And she taught me. She was great. That's so Susan, mentor. likewise, yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got here um, in terms of reinventing? Sure. Sure. So I'm about 10 years ahead of Kelly, both in the ages of my children, although I don't, didn't have a late fourth. I had my fourth when my oldest was in kindergarten, which presented different challenges at the time. Um, but I started my career in tech, in big tech. And my career arc was, it was a, a pretty fast moving arc. I happened to land in tech in the mid 80s and stayed there through the mid 90s during a time where women were, um, were in demand. So I think it was fortuitous timing for me, coupled with really hard work. Um, that had me move on a fairly accelerated career path. And I actually had every intention of when I had my first child, there were very few, I had very few, few female mentors because there were just, there were so few women in tech and the few that came were in and out either because they couldn't hack it or because they got moved quickly out into other areas or up. So I had in my head that I would just, you know, take my paternity leave for four weeks and go right back. And then when he was born, I just, I just was feeling so conflicted because the job that I had, I'd actually been just order, offered a promotion right before he was born, which would have had me traveling um, even internationally. And I just couldn't reconcile it. I just, I just couldn't, once he was born, I was, think I was really surprised at my maternal instincts and they were in direct conflict with my career instincts, which were to get to the C-suite. And I probably was on a track for that. I was promoted very early, very quickly. Um, and again, it was, it was equal parts luck and hard work. Um, so I did stay home. I had four children very close in age. And early on, I was out running with one of my babies in a jog stroller. And I ran into a woman who said, you should talk to this woman. And it was really kind of just happenstance, lucky networking without, very much, without any effort. And I ended up joining a company out of Greenwich, Connecticut called Flexible Resources. They had started a few years before I joined them. And the company was the first to champion flexible work. So we did it in two ways. One was working with companies to help them understand why 
and how to set up flexible work policies so they wouldn't lose every fast tracker 30 year old like me who had a baby and really couldn't make, didn't want to make or had to make that all, all, all or nothing choice of either work 70 hours or don't work at all, but was really looking for something in the middle. And the other piece of our work was placing women. So we would go out and consult with companies and women, mostly women, we had some men, would come to us looking either to re-enter on a flexible basis or to scale down on a flexible basis. And we would help them either structure proposals with their current employer by working on that end or place them with other employers who were more flexible. And so I did that for almost 20 years. Um, and about, I guess it was about 15 years in, maybe 14 years in, so 2008, nine crash, we saw the placement side of our business, which by that point was far more lucrative than consulting, um, just take a dive because nobody was hiring. And so my partners were a little older, they were kind of dabbling in retirement and I was like, okay, now my kids are self-sufficient, I'm, I'm ready to jump in. And so I ended up just doing some private coaching on the side and I did some public speaking, again, all around this flexible work idea. And Kelly and I met at an event, we were both keynote speakers. And immediately afterwards, Kelly you know, got in touch with me, said we should have lunch. And we met and we realized very quickly that our skills were perfectly complementary. Kelly's work is heavy on the personal development side of things and mine is on the professional development. So Kelly would have clients come to her and she would help them work through, you know, what is it that you want to do? You know, how are you going to get your life in order so that you can do that? But she didn't have the tools or the experience to help them strategize how they were going to do it. Likewise, I would get clients coming to me who really weren't ready to start looking at the strategies and taxes for networking, creating a story, writing that story in different formats, and getting the job and negotiating the offer that needed more of that foundational work. So really our very first foray wasn't the course, it was sharing clients. Then we decided to do a workshop together. Then we made that into a 10 week live course. And then when demand for that grew beyond our little niche of Connecticut, we went online. And the online course for our return to work product began, at, uh, it'll be two years in October. And we also have other courses, because really we're a learning company that guides women through various work and life transitions. Another popular course that we offer is for women navigating their first maternity leave. Everything from how do you communicate it to how do you make sure the work is done? And also on the back end, how do you make sure that you're actually enjoying your leave and doing what you should be doing? And then how do you return successfully? So we have multiple offerings, but of course, for your, for your audience, this kind of pivot return to work piece is probably um, the most appropriate to talk about. Question. So that's me, that's us question for you on your when you were doing that showing your showing consumers how to navigate these flexible schedules and I know this was a while back did you have any men or was it all women I did have some men so but they did it was rarely for the same reasons I would say was for my wife or my assistant (laughs) yeah there was that I definitely got some calls from men who typically had a financial motivation for their wives to go back to work Um, but the men who came, I don't think I had anyone who was a full-time dad, but I had one who was an author. He still needed a day job, but he didn't want to work full-time. I had one who was training for marathons. I had one who was an Olympic swimmer. Um, so not a lot. And, And actually, and I did have a few retirees who retired and then realized, you know, six months in, how much golf can I play? I'm bored to tears. I need to use my head. 
And, and that was a strategy. We tried to market, but it didn't take off really well. I'm still trying to market. I think it's a brilliant use of resources. If you take your people who want to retire or are retirement age, instead of giving them the golden handshake and kicking them out the door, along with all of their contacts, all of their wisdom, all of their perspective and experience, offer them a part-time working arrangement, you know? Yeah, I wonder how that's going now because, I mean, you know, I'm sort of in that space um, where people are trying. I mean, this whole generation does not want to retire the way that our parents did. Right. Mm -hmm. Not interested in suddenly unplugging. Some people cannot unplug. They can't afford to do it either. So Mm -hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about now you've got a a couple of courses going. Maybe explain what the courses are and how people access them because you're helping people reinvent themselves. And then I want to talk a little bit about how COVID is impacting that and what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. I'll take the first, Kelly. Why don't you take the second? Mm -hmm. Um, So the way our courses, so our our, our overarching um, goal is to help women in work and life transition. So we have spot courses. We just did a a resume reboot camp where we worked with women on video, gave them templates, guided them through, and then met again to kind of unpack it and make sure they did a good job. That was just short-term course. Our longest-term course is our return to work course. About probably 80%, I would say, of the women who take that course, it is geared toward women, who take that course have taken a gap to care for children. We do have um, you know, 15 or 20% who maybe have always worked, but they're pivoting to something new and they would like the support and the guidance to kind of, to reinvent themselves. And so they join that course. Um, and the course takes, we've tried different models and we're settling on about 10 weeks now. And the delivery model is, it's really quite a lovely arrangement. The women have access to uh, recorded courses that we used, you know, full video staff, beautiful studio. They're really, really polished videos. And they have an assignment every Sunday. They watch the accompanying videos. They get a workbook. They do the exercises. And then every Friday we meet via Zoom and we're all together. We break the cohorts into small groups of just, um, or group into small cohorts of 10 to 12 women. And we talk with them on that Friday. We do the coaching and we pair them with a partner who's kind of their accountability partner for that week. So between the Monday and the Friday when they're doing that work, they can connect with their partner. We also have a proprietary, um, it's kind of like a, a proprietary Facebook built into our website where they can share information, ask questions, post things that they've read. So we share that way. And it's a really great way because it's flexible. The one thing we learned when we did our live pilot was the biggest challenge women had was getting there, right? Just, just being present, being available. And so now, regardless of what time zone you're on, regardless of what you're family needs or your elder care needs are, you can, you can take our course in the middle of the night if that's when you're up. We just want you there on Friday for the calls. So that's kind of the modality. And the arc of the course, it begins with very foundational, fundamental work that Kelly delivers, and she's brilliant at it. It's really getting you in touch with your values, your strengths. Uh, we do a really great 360-degree strength evaluation. We partner with Johnson O'Connor Research Foundation and Catherine Fover's um, personality group and do personality and aptitude testing. And we take them through what we call the first module, module three, which is called reclaim. It's basically tapping into reclaiming who you were and, and redefining it because you're a different person. Even if you've taken five years off or five months off, you have changed. You're at our course because you're at a precipice to decide either I'm going back to work 
but do I necessarily want to be an accountant just because I used to be an accountant? Um, or I'm starting something brand new and I don't know what it is yet. So the discovery part is really important. And what we found is that most coaching, um, most webinars, most other learning resources skip that entirely and they jump right into our module three, which is all of the tactics for getting back to work. So what's your story? Who are you telling it to? How are you going to write it in a resume? How are you going to tell it in an elevator pitch? How are you going to put it in your LinkedIn network, interview, negotiate, dress for the interview, all that kind of stuff. The middle piece is also missing. And that's our area where we talk about the, what is getting in your way. So yeah, great. You have this great self-knowledge. You think you know where you're going, but you really need to look at the things that are getting in the way and your primary motivation. So this kind of aligns with the piece that I wrote for you, Leslie, about really understanding your why of going back to work. If your why is only money, that's going to change. the. You're not going to start a company if your only number one top priority for returning to work or pivoting is to make more money. You're not going to start a company. You don't make any money right away, right? So we're Tell really, me about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we do the dig dive and understanding the things that are getting in the way, what your why is, and then what's getting in the way. And then Kelly comes back in and teaches them all the strategies for how to overcome those obstacles. And, and as she's always great to point out, so much of those obstacles are just in our head. They're the good girl voice. They're the, I don't want to make any waves voice. And then there's that tremendous lack of confidence, a lapse, I like to call it more than a lack, a lapse of confidence that happens either when you're taking a completely different route or when you've been in a home provider kind of role for a while. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of that, that's kind of the arc of the course and it's accessed on our website and um, we can talk at the end about kind of how, how to access that. Uh, Leslie, can I just add, can I add a little something here? Yeah, um, go right ahead. Uh, one of the things that, you know, when we were talking just before we hopped on here, uh, you know, you were kind of explaining your audience, um, your audience are what we, we term thoroughbreds. They're those high achieving individuals who, you know, maybe climbed the ladder and really are, you know, used to that being their playground. And um, when Susan was talking about that confidence lapse, um, it's, it's almost like when they take that break or there's that time away from what they once did, those parts of them that they once had fall asleep. And so our course, it's designed and what it has become, and it's the beauty of what Susan and I get to witness when we're working with these cohorts of women, of them coming, like they're waking up again, they're coming back to life. You start to see, and then, and then as they're doing that, they're having more clarity around, this is the direction I want to go in. Yes, these are the people, like these people are reminding me, oh my gosh, sister, this is who you were, you know? And, and you have more wisdom now. You have, you know, you have more um, ability to have impact and influence in a different way. Um, so we teach them that you're going to learn to play on a new playground. And that playground is going to feel good and fulfilling, but it may be different from the playground that you once played on before, or who knows, it could be, it could be similar. It could be similar, but that's just something I want to toss in there. How do you both think this is all going to change after COVID? I believe this is going to be the great reinvention for everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you sure. have a feeling already? Are you listening? Are you hearing different things from yeah. both sides of your business? What are you hearing? Oh, yeah. I, I, well, number one, I just read this article 
the other day there was a study done this is in uh, fortune um and there was a study that was done by clio it's a platform that um that took a look at um and assessed um the parents that are working right now and what they're experiencing and they're six percent so in april six percent of parents said that one of the parents were going to opt out they were gonna they were gonna quit their job that was in april today 27 percent are saying that i can only imagine what that's going to look like come september so there is this exodus that's happening this time where people are hitting the pause button on work because of child care issues because of elder care issues and so i so it within this article and i thought this was so fascinating um what is starting what was becoming clearer in the clearer picture is that the mental health of women was being directly affected by what is happening with covid and so when you look at those numbers and those statistics many of them are going to be women who are opting out and taking this taking this pause and when i hear that and when susan and i hear that we we know okay there's going to be a loss of confidence here there's going to be this you know that kind of messy messy place that you have to grapple with so if you are hearing this and you are one of those people don't be scared of that messy place it's actually where you grow it's the place where you know there is so much possibility but it feels scary and it feels out of the norm and you know initially i think it's going to be they're going to have purpose because i'm quitting my job because i have to do x y and z but when that starts to slow down a little bit and the the monotony of that and the the brain power that some of these high achieving women absolutely need it's like air that they need to breathe um you know they're going to start to that that messiness is going to start to enter their lives and just don't run away from it like ask those big questions i think another piece to consider is the financial piece so people and this is more anecdote i haven't read any study on it but through students that have come our, our way uh, graduates of our courses and people just who are in our our circle in our our network and, and that is that you may have taken retirement and you may have considered yourself well well enough to do that but our portfolios are being hit our financial portfolios are being hit our investments are being hit um, and even if they're not hit directly now there's certainly a lot of question marks around that so I think that you're gonna find people who have decided you know I really want I'm, I'm I've done well I'm 60, I wanna retire, reconsidering that retirement and looking for paid gigs. It may not look like traditional work, but it, may, it will still be that opportunity for them to enter maybe in as a consultant or a gig worker. I think you're gonna see a fair amount of that as well in the older ranks. I also, and you also highlight, you, you, you kind of hinted at the paradigm shift. I mean, a lot of our employment laws or employment expectations were set you know, a generation or so ago. So, you know, the, the idea of being 65 and retiring or 62 in some cases just seems so mathematically um, absurd when you're gonna live to 88. That's a long time not to be working. So because we're living longer, we're having to fund a retirement longer and we're still, um, what did my daughter say? She said the other day, mom, I think 60 is the new 40. I was like, great, because it's only a few years away from me. I'm glad to hear that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> but, but I think that, so the paradigm of has shifted along with lifespan 
and we are healthier. I mean, I look at myself in my mid fifties compared to my grandmother, um, who was a rock star woman from Italy who could you know, outlast any of us at the stove. Um, but just just my general health, my commitment to fitness, my commitment to eating well, we are living longer and not just in years, but I think in terms of the quality of our health too. And again, I'm talking to a population of people here that are middle and uh, class and up. Um, we offer pro bono services for people who can't afford our courses. We typically do those one-on-one. -on -one. We have not had or seen enough of a need yet to do a cohort of people in that scenario, but that is something that we do see coming in our future. Any other things that people should be on the lookout for? Because I wonder if people are gonna want more gig work, but is there going to be more gig work? Oh, God, I can speak from experience here. So in our business, Flexible Resources, we weathered two big um, economic declines, 2001 after 9-11 and then 2008-9 during the financial crisis. And what we saw was what used to be a fairly robust um, business in permanent placement became, it completely flipped and it became gig and part-time and temporary types of contracts. When you hire an employee, and depending on whose studies you believe, it takes about 18 to 30 months to make any money on that employee because there's so much investment in the education, bringing them up to speed on the culture, making sure they're part of the organization. It's a slow and steady pace. One of the, one of the challenges that employers have with millennials is making sure that that pace is rapid, right? Because they they're not going to stay necessarily for three years. You know, they're, they're just a different breed of employee. But what happens during an economic downturn is the work doesn't necessarily go away. It may decline. But companies are very reluctant to hire someone permanently because they don't want to make the time investment and in doing lots of training. They want to bring a hired gun in just to get the work. But from a financial perspective, if you hire someone and you're unsure that the work is going to continue long enough for them to be a permanent employee, and then you have to fire them, you're now your unemployment go, rates go up. Now you're, you're, you've lost a person. You've, you've displaced headcount. There's a big uh, literal and kind of emotional um, loss, both of finances and just of energy when you hire someone and have to let them go. Nobody ever wants to let someone go. So the safe way to hire someone is to hire them on contract. So I always tell my private clients who are older, use your financial stability as a recruiting advantage. Say to the hiring manager, look, I just want to let you know where I am personally. My kids are in college or grown. I have full benefits already. I just want to work. I'm perfectly happy working hourly. In fact, I would love that. I'd love to come in and really help your organization with, the, with my expertise, but there aren't a lot of strings attached because I don't need those other things. That's a really attractive package to a hiring manager, especially in a down economy, or even at the point where the economy is starting to rebound, but there's still a lot of question marks. So I actually think, Leslie, this is a great time to be a gig worker, particularly one who is financially established and established at home. The other really important thing I wanna mention is that when we look for jobs, we still tend to be so provincial. We're only looking in our, you know, in our 30 mile radius of where we live. Well, that has been turned on its head because employee, even the employers that we worked with that shut us down and said, you know, I don't believe in flexible work. I need to see my employees to make sure they're working. I don't, I'm not buying into this, forget it, door closed. 
they have now had their eyes forced open. And most of them have been pleasantly surprised at how productive people can be working remotely. So now I'm recommending my clients, when you do a job search, look all over the country. And then when you get down to the end, if you're one of the candidates they're considering, if they're making you an offer, then negotiate to work flexibly. It should not be a deal maker, a deal breaker anymore. Yeah, I think all of that has changed. I, I think, I don't think anybody's, I think everybody's questioning their commutes. Everybody's mm -hmm. questioning why they live where they live. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that companies are going to say, why are we paying all this money for these buildings? Do we need right. to be next right. to each other like we thought? Right. People are so productive at home and grateful that they don't have to be slugging into work every day. Yep. And um, there are things obviously you miss, but maybe you can make those up by, you know, gather quarterly gatherings or exactly. something like that. I and mean, exactly. who knows? Things are mm -hmm. changing so rapidly. So as we come to a close, my ladies, um, I just wanted to check in and ask you, what two or three tips would you leave our listeners with in terms of reinventing themselves at this stage, and mine are, are, are mostly, again, women in their 50s, um, some late 40s, trying to reorient either because they have grown, outgrown a job, outgrown a career, gotten bored, um, are about to be laid off, been laid off, downsized, asked to cut their salaries, all those things. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them about this, you know, tips and tricks? Sure. So, um, so I'll go first is Kelly. Um, you know, Leslie, I actually, um, we have a couple of tools we would love to give your audience if you're okay with that. Is that something you sure, would be okay like, with? Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, and we, we can, um, send you the links to the PDFs of this and maybe you can okay. put it in the show notes and Great. Um, your, your audience can have that. So one is, you know, number one is asking, there's eight questions you can ask yourself before you're starting that next chapter. So this is for the woman who is really thinking about what is next for me and contemplating right. that. Um, these questions are really helpful. And so your audience can take a look at that. So we'll give you the link to that PDF. Right. And then the other one is, this idea of what we call, um, you know, so when we look at this spectrum of returning to work or career reinvention or whatever that journey, that path is, um, we, we always talk with our students about this phase and it's called the explore and assess phase. And there is some real strategic strategy that you can use when you're going out there and trying to determine what your career path or your pivot is going to be or this next step given all of those those scenarios that you just explained that people might be in and so um, this pdf that we have is called how to explore and assess a new career path and it's very specific tactile tactile um uh a strategy that you can use and it, it walks you step by step. So there's explore, which means, you know, you're going out and you're exploring things and we give you um, different tools that you can use to actually do the exploring. So it's not just like pie in the sky. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to do, you know, not put some kind of system around all of this. And then um, the specific questions you can ask when you are doing the exploring so that you really have um, something that's going to get you the meat of what it is to 
gain that clarity and understanding so you can um, move forward. And then the last piece is that assessment piece. And it's, you know, going back once you've done all of this exploring and what we call it, we call it in our courses, just have like wild curiosity, but put some structure around it with these, you know, these questions. And, um, and then it's, assessing, okay, so where does this line up for me? How does it make sense for my life? And that will help you um, as you are determining what your next chapter is or what your next career path might be. So we will um, we'll give both of those to you and you can give them to, um, you can put them out for your audience. And then Suze, I'll so, let, yeah. yeah I'll, I think I would just say the three tips, because I don't want to be redundant. Leslie does such good work in this area and there's been a lot of good basic stuff. Yes. A lot of what Words. we say said already. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say, um, I think people are really good at, at, at drilling down on what their what is. What is it that I bring to the market? What do I want to get out of it? But I think it's really important to understand the why. And people can read my article on your, on your um, website, but really talks about how to understand what it is that's making me go to work or pivot and making sure that you understand that will help direct you. Um, I'm a big believer in white paper. So my background was in marketing and just the idea of brainstorming. And I think we tend to limit ourselves. Either we go for the pink jobs because we're the good girl or we go where we were comfortable because we did it before, but we weren't happy there. And I'm a big believer in thinking big and just kind of writing everything down and getting creative that way. I think it's essential that people understand that the resume is still a tool. We thought it was going to be obsolete, but it's not. But to understand that that resume and that LinkedIn have to tell a story. It cannot just be a link, a, a, less, a list of accomplishments. Your resume is going to get six or eight seconds of view. It's got to be interesting enough. It's got to paint a picture. So we in our course really work on telling the story first and then writing it and under, so that it becomes a good visual. And along those lines, if you are not using LinkedIn heavily, that doesn't mean just having a page. That means actively networking. That means actively posting, commenting, writing. It's really easy to write an article on LinkedIn. There's, it's pretty much you know, a free-for-all. I think there's a very, a very minimal amount of editing and vetting. But if you write a decent article, you, you can publish it right away on LinkedIn and show yourself as an expert. So really big believer in the, that particular tool um, as being essential, but it has to be a dynamic use of it. It can't just be, oh, I'm here and I'm, I'm going to wait for everybody to show up and I'm going to connect with you people. And then lastly, this is, I think, where most of our students fall apart. And that is they approach their next opportunity with too much gratitude and apology. So our rule, my rule when I'm working with private clients or when I'm dealing with our clients in the later part of the course is one thank you and one apology only for an egregious mistake. If you're late for the interview, you apologize. If your shoe squeaks or you bump into something, there's no, there's no apology because what happens is we come in, we're so grateful that anyone's looking at us, whether you're pivoting into something brand new or returning to work, either one of these scenarios, you are so thankful that you even got a seat at the table and it shows. And what does that show? That shows a lack of confidence. That shows the exact opposite of what I want you to do on an interview. When, I, when you go on an interview, I want you to sit there and believe to your core, they are so lucky that I'm sitting on the other side of this table. And if you're thanking and I'm sorrying your way through the meeting, it says just the opposite. So 
get creative, think big, make sure you're using LinkedIn in a very active, dynamic way, and stop thanking and apologizing so much. That's my three. Wonderful, ladies. Thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can find you. Sure. Our website is www.preparetolaunchu, like the letter U, dot com. And on there, you can find everything. We, are, um, we have our courses. We do private coaching together. Um, and we do public speaking. So we would love to engage with any of your audience members. And we're so grateful that you had us here today, Leslie. Thanks. Great. Well, we're thrilled yeah. to have you. I love anybody who is trying to help women find their bliss and find that balance and find their next way because, it, you know, it's hard. It is not easy. And um, you never know what's going to work for somebody. Different things work for everybody. Um, right. And personalities are different. Backgrounds are different. Um, mentalities are different and you just never know. And, but, but it can be done. That's, that's my whole, I just totally believe that. You could go online and cobble together lots of different resources, a webinar here, a podcast here, hire somebody to do your resume. But I think at the end of the day, what we do is we tee it up for you. So if, if, if someone is busy and they don't even know where to begin, or they're daunted by all of the options out there and not even sure which advice is good or not, we got it all. Great. Wonderful. Thank you, ladies. Take care. Thank you so much. You too. Your great work. Yes, really. So thank you for joining us in Reinvent Yourself. Hope this was helpful. Hope you found some good resources. Remember, we're going to put the download into the show notes. So go to the show notes and you'll find the link to the free download. Um, that will be helpful to you, hopefully. And I'd love it if you like this podcast, please subscribe and please pass it along to friends. That helps us get known and helps other people who need us find us. And if you're interested in reinvention and you're interested in living your best life age, uh, after age 40, come over to Covey Club and see all the great things that are going on. We have about five fabulous webinars every week. We have a wonderful thing we do Monday mornings, which is our premier item and it's totally free. It's called Positive Mornings. And we get coached at the beginning of every week on how to prepare ourselves for the week and a tool to use. And I think you can find, you'll meet interesting people and you will learn something, which is great. So I hope you will join us. And if you want to learn more about Covey Club, go to coveyclub.com and look at all the great articles. They will speak to you. Look at the great webinars under attend. And in the future, when we're all able to get back together in real life, we will ramp up our live events again, which are really fabulous for connections for both business and friendship. And we hope you'll join us. This is a group of really warm, caring, accomplished women. It's unique, it's different, and some people have even said it's magic. So hope you can enjoy it as well. Take care.